Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the latest edition of March Madness 365. I'm your host, Andy Katz. On this edition of our show... I'll be joined by Michigan State head coach Tom Izzo, my long-form interview and my fast-break interview. Four players from UCF, Chad Brown, Aubrey Dawkins, Taco Fall, and B.J. Taylor, the pick to win in the American Athletic Conference. We'll get to my power rankings in the American just momentarily. First, here in the headline segment, as in the middle of all these media days in October, I just want to go back to my power rankings in the Big Ten and then the American. In the Big Ten, you know, I, I went heavily with... Michigan State at the top only because of their experience. But I'm going to tell you that I I could see a host of teams winning there at the top. And this is where I went with this direction. I went Michigan State 1, Nebraska 2, Purdue 3, Indiana 4, Michigan 5, Wisconsin 6, Minnesota 7. I'm going to stop there for a moment and tell you that all seven of those schools, I wouldn't be shocked if... Any one of those seven won the Big Ten regular season title. With a lot of players coming back from injuries, especially Wisconsin and Minnesota. Then you go to a next tier, Maryland and Iowa. Both those schools definitely should be much improved and I think will compete You know, near the top. There's no question about it. So I, I think they're going to be uh, – that's nine deep. And then after that, Penn State, uh, they could be trouble. Certainly an NIT potential team. So I would put them – uh, in that 10 spot. Then I went Northwestern, and Chris Collins said he thinks they're much improved. Then Ohio State, which I think it just felt weird to pick them 12th. just doesn't seem right. But I will tell you that the Buckeyes know this is a bit of a bridge year, but I could easily see them finishing higher. Same with Illinois at 13, Rutgers at 14. There's not a bad team in that grouping. And that's what's hard about making these predictions. I think Illinois is going to be better. Will they finish Above the bottom group, I don't know that yet. But I think a lot of these teams certainly will be much better than their projections at this point. In the American, so that was in Chicago last Thursday. On Monday in the American, here's my power rankings. UCF 1, Cincinnati 2. I think it's one of those two. They're going to be jockeying the two of them. 1A, 1B in some form. Houston 3, Memphis 4. I think those four schools are definitely going to be in the NCAA tournament. After that, UConn. Five, Temple 6, Tulsa 7, SMU 8, 5 through 8. I could see any combination of them finishing much higher and all competing for an NCAA tournament berth. And then at 9, Wichita State, very hard to decide what to do with the Shockers. They're never a team that finishes that low, but they lost so much. All they return, essentially, in terms of a key player is Marcus McDuffie. I just don't believe they'll finish that low. But as Greg Marshall told me, he wouldn't be shocked 
that they're picked low because of all that they're losing. I just don't believe that they'll stay down there. And the bottom three, USF, Tulane, and East Carolina. Uh, USF and Tulane all think they'll be better. ECU, new situation. But it's hard not to, to put them harder at this juncture. So I think you could see nine schools in the American at some point in January feeling like they have a chance for the NCAA tournament. I know that's a lot of optimism at Media Day. But that's what I'm feeling right now with UCF. And we're going to get to the interview here shortly as the team to beat in the American. And up next on March Madness 365, my long form interview with Tom Izzo recorded last week at Big Ten Media Day in Chicago. And now joining me here in March Madness 365, Michigan State Hall of Fame head coach Tom Izzo. Uh, Tom, you've had a couple weeks now with the team. Your first impressions of this edition of the Spartans? You know, I like them, but but you you like everybody when you haven't lost. <laughs> I, I do like them though. I mean, I, you got to remember now, I got some veterans back. I got seven guys, six that have played a lot of basketball for us, and that's odd in the last three four years for me. You know, and so we've got some serious strengths. We've got a couple of little weaknesses. But we got experience, and experience seems to be the catch tool if you look at Villanova's and Carolina's and who's winning championships now and who's not winning them that having extraordinary talent. You look at that, too. And so, I don't know, it's going to be a little different not having Jaron back there swatting shots or Miles jumping over the gym. But at the same time, I'm looking forward to having a, a team that, uh, you know, maybe has got some experience in those what they didn't do and what they did do. There's been other years, and we're here at Big Ten Media Day in Chicago, where you've been picked to win the league, and that also means compete for the national championship. And we'll see what happens here, but this is a year in the Big Ten where you're picked to win it, and yet you could make the argument a lot of teams could be in that first or second spot. How do you see the league? Well, I think the league's going to be better. Uh, I, I really do. I think sometimes, like when Duke and Kentucky, or let, let, let's, let's take a non-basketball, Michigan, Ohio State, and football for 20 years, it was the big two and the little eight, right? And that's what it was when I was growing up. And, and so everybody looked at that, and they looked at, and those two were good, so the conference was good. Well, a lot of years, Duke and, Kentucky, and Carolina were good, and that meant the conference was So maybe we don't have the star power up on top. You know, Michigan could be good, Indiana could be good, Purdue could be good. You know, as you say, there's a few teams that could be up there. And I think there's a couple surprise teams like Wisconsin and Iowa got a lot of people back, man. I, I like the Nebraska. I like those teams. But I think the middle and the bottom is going to be a lot better than last year. And hopefully that'll help us in the non-conference because I think we got a bad rap in the non-conference, you know. I mean, Nebraska going 13 and 5, and you can argue their schedule. They had Kansas beat at home. It's hard. It's hard to figure out how to schedule right now, especially when you go to 20 games. What is that going to mean? Who do you play? Where do you play them? There's a lot of factors. So to that point, you knew this was coming, the 20-game schedule. A year ago, it was the condensed schedule for the Big Ten Tournament in New York with 20 games. How do you think that will affect, especially maybe bubble teams, that they're going to get two better games, you would imagine, by playing 20 instead of 18? Well, I think most of the teams, well, I don't think we will, because we've always played really good non-conference games, you know, and that hasn't been our problem. Well, I didn't think you'd be on the bubble. <laughs> no, well, you never know, but but I think some teams will be, and and hopefully it'll help them, but you got to remember, too, what if, uh, what if the two worst teams in the league are Michigan and Michigan State? And one of those bubble teams plays those two twice, and now they don't get any credit for that. You know, I mean, it, it's not an exact science, you know. I think we're getting closer to it. But when you only play some teams once, and if you play uh, a decent team on the road, you could lose. Where at home, you'd beat them, and somebody else beat them. So it's, I think it's hard for the committee 
I think it's hard for us. I think you and I should expand this thing, this damn thing, get it bigger. <laughs> that would help all of us. You've had great success with lead guards, Cassius Winston. You've gotten to know him, obviously, over the years. You've gotten to trust him. How would you sort of put him in perspective about, you know, his impact on this team uh, in the growth and his development? Because you, you've seen guard, guards like that become your trusted sort of coach on the floor. That's exactly right. And he's probably the most competent as far as if you look at him off the court, on the court, in the classroom, uh, he's got all he, he covers everything. You know, what he doesn't have is maybe that nastiness defensively that some of those guys have. What he does have is he's a much better offensive player than most of those guys. I'd say the only one different would maybe have been a Kalen Lucas, you know, like Travis Walton or Mateen Cleaves couldn't shoot like him, Tum Tum. Denzel couldn't do some of the other things he could do. But what I got to do is make sure I, I maximize his strengths and minimize his weaknesses, you know. He's gotten better defensive. He's gotten better with his body. All those things. Now if he gets that leadership role, which he leads by example phenomenally. I mean, you want your son to be Cassius Winston. I just want those other guys to know that they have to abide by what he says because that's what a quarterback does. You mentioned your other veteran players, especially led by Nick Ward. Uh, you've had bigs that have once again developed. Where would you put you know, his development at this point in his career? You know, I've been impressed with Nick Ward. I made that pretty public all summer long because him and I had a few disagreements last year, not more than weekly. But um, and most of it was just in maybe the way he handled himself and what he did. Not always in his play. It's just that, you know, I think he was putting priorities on things he needed to. We were we struggled in ball screens. Um, I, I just seen a transformation in the guy and. You've been around me a lot of times. I don't normally say that. I might, I might fall on my face. But no matter what happens to Nick, he has taken what the NBA people, what the college people, meaning us, have told him, and he's trying to get better at it. And you know what? I don't ask any more of a player than that. Just like my own son, try to do your best. If your best isn't good enough, that's it. I think Nick's Ward's best will be good enough if he can do that on a consistent basis now for the next six months. And if there's a player, a newcomer that you've seen in the first couple of weeks of practice and say, you know what, he's going to impact this team, who is it? Well, Aaron Henry's the best guy that can, but the foster lawyer, the little guard, can really score it and he can do some things. I think you're going to see times when I play him and Cash just together, even though that might be the day that I say, we got to outscore somebody instead of outguard somebody. But um, I think those two guys, and, and the only other reason is is uh, Foster, we need a backup point guard, and he's going to be that guy. But in in Aaron Henry, he's kind of a 6'6 wing guy that's the, the other best athlete on the team, but he's 215, 218 right now. He's, we got a couple guys that are 200, you know. He's physically ready. He played in a great program in Indiana, won a state championship, so he knows how to win. It's just a matter of getting him to be consistent like you have to do with all freshmen. I'm not going to make excuses, but matchups are a lot about March Madness. You know, how much looking back was the Syracuse game more of a bad matchup for you guys for that particular team? You know, I think it was a perfect storm. I mean, there's no secrets. We had been going through a lot. Uh, I think that hurt us some. I think uh, playing a zone team when we don't play against many, especially one as long as theirs, and Jim does a great job. Um, We did a good job defensively on them and everything. But you know, does the third best three-point shooting team shoot eight for 37? I mean, it's un-American, and uh, we all rebounded them by 20-some. We did all the things we had to do. We just didn't make a shot. Uh, I think what the perfect storm was, normally I would prepare for them on Monday and Tuesday, but because they were in a playing game on Wednesday and everybody picked Arizona State to beat them, I went with the media prediction, which I'll never do again, by the way, and uh, I was... Uh, 
you know, we just couldn't do much on them. I couldn't prepare for four teams. So I think that hurt us a little bit. So they're all good excuses. The reality of it is we missed shots. They played good. And uh, I love that team. That team, I got no, nothing in preparation, nothing in anything else. Love them. And last thing, Tom, we've been, you know, just wishing for a Champions Classic, an opening to the season, and that's where we're getting Duke, Kentucky, Michigan State, Kansas. These are four teams that all could win the national championship. Uh, that's how you open the season. You've done this before, though, where you've opened with a big-time game. What are you looking forward to most in this matchup against Kansas and Indianapolis? I said, Andy, I think three out of five years we opened with the number one team. It was Kentucky once, it was Duke once, and once it was us against Kentucky. So that's four out of five. And how does it get any better than that? You know, if you're a coach, if you're a player, you're a fan, I mean, that's what the Champions Classic, why it's so important for us, why it's so so good to play in Indianapolis. Uh, you know, now we get Kansas, they're one in the country. But if I had to flip a coin, would it matter if it was Kentucky or if it was Duke? They're all good teams. And uh, I think having it the opening game is going to bring some excitement in the month of November. And, uh, and I think that's good for college basketball. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Andy. Coming up next during my Fast Break segment here on March Madness 365, I'll be joined by four players from UCF at Men's Basketball Media Day in Philadelphia, Chad Brown, Aubrey Dawkins, Taco Fall, all seven foot seven of them, and B.J. Taylor. These are four players that are planning on leading the Knights to the title in this league and potentially deep into the NCAA tournament. Now time for my Fast Break interview on March Madness 365. Pleased to be joined by a foursome from UCF. And I'm all in on this group. We have to my left, obviously you can't see, but I'm going to walk you through it. Aubrey Dawkins, B.J. Taylor, Taco Fall, and Chad Brown. And so I will go around here. Uh, Let's deal first with the health, because that was the big issue with this group last year. Had you all been healthy last year, uh, we wouldn't be talking about UCF breaking through. You already would have broken through. So let's start with your health. Take me through your injury and, and where you stand right now, Aubrey. Well, I'm healthy now. Uh, I tore my labor room last year in October. Sat me up for the season. Um, went through rehab this past summer and, and just still training, obviously. And I'm healthy now. Everything's, everything's good to go. So, BJ? Yeah, uh, I broke my foot last year at the beginning of the season. Had to sit out, you know, half the season. Ended up coming back for conference play. Never was 100%, but had the whole offseason to recover, and, and now I'm back. Taco? I mean, I had the same surgery as Aubrey. We pretty much had the same injury. So my, my happened actually before the season. I tried to go through it, but um, had to get the surgery mid, midway through the season, and I was out for the rest of the year. I'm, I'm healthy now, ready to go. All right, so Chad, you had to deal with these three not playing a full season. What was that like for you and the, the players that didn't have this threesome? Uh, you know, it was tough. You know, you always want to have your guys, all your guys with you. But, um, you know, we, we as a team, we stick together, you know, because we're a family and we stick together. And, um, you know, we fought, you know, and that's what we do every night. We just compete and uh, res- the results take care of itself. And, you know, the, now we have everybody back and we're staying healthy. You know, we're just going to keep working hard every day and uh, the results going to show for itself. Yeah, but what's it been like now to be on the court with the full complement of players? Oh, it's been great, man. It's been great. You know, we we have a lot of um, potential, but um, potential, you know, we, we're just going to keep working hard. You know, and the fact that we have all the guys together now, you know, it just it just shows, you know, that we uh, we we can do something special if we just work hard every day. All right, so Harry, um, you're a coach's son, so you know, you give me that one game at a time, and all the coach speak. But look, you guys are in your last year. It's got to happen because this is it. I mean, you know, this is your time to make your moment. That sense of urgency, without sort of without it swallowing you guys up, 
How would you describe that sense among this group? Uh, kind of like you said, day by day. You know, we, we have a lot of guys who haven't played together necessarily. Like, I've never played with BJ and Taco, you know what I'm saying, in a real game. So we have guys who really need to get our chemistry down and focus on our our, our core and, and, and just take it day by day and win games one by one. We're not looking too far in the future. Don't want to put any added pressure on ourselves. We know that people voted us this and voted us that, but that's not what we're focusing on. You know what I'm saying? We're focused on taking it day by day and winning each game that we play. We're not focused on, you know, any expectation or reaching any goal necessarily. We just want to be the best team we can be. And if we do that, then hopefully things end up pretty well for us. But, PJ, what does that mean to be the best team that you can be when they're all clicking with this kind of talent? What does that mean? I mean, Coach tells us every day that it's about improving. It's about trusting the process that he set out for us. So our biggest thing is, kind of like Aubrey said, just getting better day by day, being the best team that we can be in. I mean, we'll see where the results are at the end of the year, and we, we know what we want to accomplish. So we're just trying to get better to reach those goals every day. All right, this man to your left, when Taco's on the floor, yeah. either end, yeah. how disruptive is it? Oh, I mean, it's the most disruptive force in, the, in college basketball by far. I mean, he's... There's nobody like him. There's no. There's nothing anybody can do with him down there next to the hoop. And, I mean, he makes playing with him so easy. I mean, even his growth from when he was a freshman to now, I mean, he's like night and day. So having, having him down there, I mean, it's the most disruptive force in college basketball. I mean, it makes my job a lot easier. And it makes our team's jobs on the court a lot easier. All right, so he's talking about your growth. I think you already were this. <laughs> I think you already grew before you got there. But what would you pinpoint as your growth in the game and maybe uh, mentally as well? I think I'm a lot more patient than I used to be my freshman uh, coming in. I'm coming in as a freshman, even as a sophomore. I'm a lot bigger, a lot stronger. I grew one inch, if you, if you want to add to that. But I, I would say it has been mostly mentally, uh, just slowing down, understanding the game more, um, you know, especially defensively. You know, offensively, just taking my time, you know, um, trying to make everybody else better because I, I definitely attract a lot of attention. A lot of teams trying to play me different ways, but I can also help my, all my teammates get better around the basket, just make sure, you know, hit the open guys and just things like that. So, Coach, is something behind me. Aubrey's not going to give me that. I mean, I got to believe this is a championship-type team. What's going to make it a championship-type team? Uh, really just us working hard every day, you know, just proving it on the court every day, um, just working hard and competing against one another. And, um, you know, we, we have high expectations, but um, it's all going to just count on just us playing hard every day and getting better every day, to be honest. Look, everyone says it's the sleeping giant. I say the giant has awoken. You all right with that if I'm all in and I keep hyping you up? If you want. <laughs> You're not going to make me look foolish, right? I mean, we, we, we go out there and do what we got to do, man. Yeah, we we go out there and do what we got to do. Yeah. We, got, we got things we try to achieve. We're going to go out there and do what we got to do. All right, look, they're not going to give me that sound, but, but I'm going to just say I'm all in on the Knights. Thanks, guys. And that'll wrap up this edition of March Madness 365, bringing it to you from Philadelphia, the site of American Conference Media Day. Also last week from Big Ten Media Day in Chicago. This week... I'll be on the road again at SEC Media Day in Birmingham and A10 Media Day at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. As always, you can follow this podcast wherever you find the Turner Podcast Network on all our social media platforms on March Madness, on Twitter, on Facebook. And as always, thanks for listening.